Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout and I got to tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have, like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there, and I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again. And back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of Casper Dog Training Podcast. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done so already, get on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Casper, all one word. Uh, you can buy me a coffee for listening to all this content for free, all this advice for free, and I hope it's making a great impact on on your your family and your relationship with your dog. Today, we're going to be talking about demand barking, and uh, I also want everybody to check out RightCBD, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com for some really great high-quality tinctures uh, for humans and pets. I use the, I use it both for myself and my dog. And also, uh, they recently came out with gummies, which are great tasting. I love them and I use them often as well. Also, lastly, don't forget, follow me on social media. Uh, again, uh, Facebook, I do not look at a lot of the messages. Uh, sometimes it does get looked at, but I don't respond. I don't, uh, really go on Facebook very often. And, uh, you can follow me on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, of course. Best way to reach out to me is going directly to my website, which is uh, www.casperdogtraining.com. And if you wanted to book online dog training, if you're out of the New York, New Jersey area, you can do so right there. You can also uh, book me in person if you are local in the New York, New Jersey area. So that would be cool if we can meet up. So uh, today we're going to be talking about how to deal with demand barking. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit where it comes from and uh, what what I think uh, is the best way to tackle this issue. So first, there's a couple of different steps. And initially, we are using positive reinforcement. So first things first, the motivation for most dogs is they want attention or they want something from you. Just like we talk about in this podcast, you want your dog to be engaged with you. You want your dog to focus on you. Well, they're focusing on you or they're engaging with you because they have you have something they want or something they need. And something they want usually could be as easy as attention. Maybe they want, maybe they want a playmate. Um, maybe they want to go for a walk. Maybe they're bored. Maybe they want you to do something with them. And that's fine and good. But sometimes, you know, you're not paying attention because, hey, you're staring at a computer screen or you're on the phone. 
or, you know, in cases of, of families, you're cooking, you're taking care of children, you're helping someone with, with homework or, or taking care of a family member for that matter. And, you know, your dog barking at you is, is the last thing you want to address. But many people fall down this one trap. Uh, the dog bark, 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 bark. And you turn to the dog and you say, dog's name, be quiet. Dog's name, shut up. Dog's name, no. Seriously, shut up. Over and over and over and over. And really all you're doing is barking back at the dog. So if the dog's looking for attention, which he is, he's he's doing this specifically to get eyeballs on him. And the only way he knows that it truly, truly works is if he's loud, abrasive, and undeniable. Now, most of these dogs have learned this behavior because the humans involved couldn't tolerate that distraction. And they couldn't tolerate hearing it. But they didn't go about it logically. They didn't, um, they, what they did do was they were correcting, trying to correct the dog like they would talk to a human. You know, so if, if someone's sitting next to you and you're trying to read something, trying to concentrate, and somebody's chattering away, you turn to them and say, hey, can you be quiet? The person realizes what that means and then disengages and doesn't talk to you any further. Well, that's great. But the thing is, dogs don't understand that. So when they bark, 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 and you turn around and you say, be quiet, no, go lay down, leave me alone. All of that is engagement with the dog. So the thing that you that they wanted from you was your, your intention, your engagement. You gave it to them. So one of the hardest things for me to say how to fix this is the most bitter pill to swallow is that you have to outlast the dog. The dog barks for an hour and 15 minutes. Well, you just have to be there and tolerate it for an hour and 16 minutes for that moment when the dog gives up. Now, when the dog gives up, you should reward uh, the, the, the dog for the silence, not for the barking. And I think there's some confusion sometimes when people say, well, my dog was barking for an hour. And then as soon as they were quiet, I gave them the treat. Is that rewarding for the barking? No, you're marking that exact moment when, when the dog did something you wanted with something they wanted as well. But also we have to kind of like look at, the, at this from what perspective. What does the dog want? I mean, the dog, number one, wants your attention. But do they want something else? Do they need to go outside? Have they been locked up in a pen or a crate or um, just haven't had any people around them all day? Are they excited to see you? Um, you know, has there been an absence away from the home where you weren't there and the dog was left to their own devices and laid around and slept all day for a young, high energy or, or puppy. Um, that's very difficult for a dog to not contain their excitement. Then when you blaze into the house and ignore the dog, uh, that's a bitter pill for that dog to swallow. But sometimes demand barking comes by way of other things. Like, you know, the dog wants food. And I, I knew a dog that was, um, very, very overweight. Um, you know, I would consider obese. And uh, when I was training him, we used to keep uh, treats on this one particular shelf, which was probably, you know, a good five and a half, six feet in the air. And the dog would run over to that and just bark constantly, just staring at that uh, shelf, waiting for the treat to come, waiting for the treats to come. So what this dog actually did was he conditioned all of his owners and, you know, it's like a household of like four or five people to give in to this horrible noise that he would make. And he would bark. It was a high pitched 
squeal and it went right through you would give anybody a headache in minutes. The problem was is that initially people were trying to correct the dog and they were using they were they were vocalizing back. So the dog's vocalizing and they're vocalizing back. And again, that's the bark, 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 shush, be quiet. And it went back and forth like that. So the thing is, is that they had to um, ignore the barking and replace it with an incompatible behavior. So what what I mean by that, um, you know, you probably know exactly what, what the dog wants, but offer them something else, redirect them into some other behavior. So for instance, the dog's barking, 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 and you just do the hand gesture for sit. And the dog sits and you give the dog a treat right then and there. As soon as you're rewarding that and marking that behavior, you're, you're marking two things. You're marking silence and you're marking uh, an obedient behavior. But, you know, if the dog wants to play, you know, give them a toy, play with them, engage with them for a minute or so. And then when they're doing that, reward them, reward them with play, reward them with attention and affection and praise. You know, it doesn't always have to be food based. But you have to replace it with a different behavior. So, I mean, for example, if a dog is demand barking because you're all sitting at the dinner table and someone at that table always drops some food on the floor for the dog or secretly sneaks the dog some food. This is a behavior from a human side that isn't cute. It's, it's, it's actually rewarding the dog for this horrible behavior that could potentially, A, make the dog sick and B, up and the peacefulness of the entire household. So really it has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with on the family level. You know, if I'm sitting here and I'm eating um, chips and a, a dog's demand barking, you know exactly what he wants. He wants the chips. So, you know, instead give, give him a bone, give him a chew toy, give him something else. But for, for, for sure, do not reward them immediately as they're barking. We have to wait for a moment or two of quiet. So one way we can accomplish that is give a timeout. Now that's where crate training and place training are very appropriate. Now I know some of you um, outside of North America um, don't really abide or or, uh, think it's uh, crate training is uh, humane. Um, I'm, I can respectfully disagree because I see crates used in a very humane um, manner, especially with puppies and and, uh, crate training as far as potty training as well, Um, but also rewarding the dog for calming behavior. And what I mean by that is if you send your dog to the crate, you teach them to lay down, and then as soon as they do, you reward them through the crate or on their dog bed or their place. The dog figures out, well, I'm rewarded for calm behavior, but I never get fulfilled with the attention-seeking behavior. When I'm barking, I don't get, uh, I don't get the, the human's attention that way. They always ignore me. They always walk out of the room, and I never get exactly what I want. And even when the behavior is replaced with something that the, the dog may want, but it might be sort of incompatible and not exactly um, one-for-one trade, how about this? You know, your dog could be overstimulated based on the fact that some of these dogs, some of these dogs I'm thinking about, will go through almost a uh, obsessive compulsive, um, uh, uh, obsessive barking. So it really sounds very frantic and it's constant on constant replay. 
goes and goes and goes and goes. So if you issue some sort of a calming protocol where the dog is rewarded for laying down on their bed, being quiet, um, not barking, and I like to call it catch the dog being good. Can you find a moment where your dog who demand barks isn't barking and they get rewarded for that? but get rewarded in a very calm way where they're gaining attention. They're getting their affection that they want. They're getting what they want and need, even when they didn't ask for it. So it's a way of, of kind of a, um, extending an olive branch and a, ge- a gesture of peace and saying, I like you when you're like this. I don't pay attention to you when you're like the other dog that's barking all the time. So, I mean, you can kind of consider it a timeout. I mean, you do that with, with children sometimes. You say, go to your room, and you give them a couple of seconds or a minute or two, and then you bring them back out once they've calmed down a bit. And that's exactly the concept. You just want the dog to calm down. I don't necessarily think you need to confine the dog, but listen, if if it is a younger dog, and it's it's learned this behavior as a puppy, restricting their boundaries you know, and their movement in the house and having them gain access to parts of the house when their when their behavior in those rooms are appropriate then do so but giving this this dog also every once in a while giving the dog uh something that they want you know that maybe they didn't they didn't ask for when they distri- this oh, I'm sorry when they uh display behaviors that you find appropriate so you have to kind of be looking for it. And you also have to kind of be looking for a, a tiny window of time or a moment in between the, the repetitive barking behavior, the demand barking, and then silence. So w- one thing that does kind of crop up as you're going through this, you're ignoring the dog when they're barking at you and you're paying good attention to them when they're calm and they're not barking at you. Uh, they're barking for a specific thing and you can kind of draw a direct line to that well, they're looking for table scraps. Well, they don't get table scraps, but they go to their place and then they get a bone for going to their place and they're they're calm there and they eat their bone there while you finish your dinner. That's appropriate. That's an appropriate thing to do. But beware of something that does come along as you're going through this. And it's very difficult. Most people can't get rid of the extinguished bar. They can't extinguish the, the barking behavior because they break. It's the dog barked at me for five minutes solid. I got a headache and I just gave him what he wanted. Well, that's a huge mistake because then the dog just says, I just have to persist. And if you think that um, you can't tolerate a dog barking at you for five minutes is bad, well, what if the dog did it for 50 minutes straight? So stop it when it's five minutes. So another method um, that I was aware of, and I've tried a couple of times, and some of this is, you know, it, it depends on the owner, depends on how, how hard you, uh, you work with this behavior, is teach your dog to bark. So, you know, you give a hand gesture for bark, uh, you tell the dog to speak or whatever, and reward the dog every time they speak, but reward heavily when they stop. Reward that with lots of praise, lots of affection, maybe engage with play or something like that. Get the dog to fully realize that there's a huge difference between quiet dog and noisy dog. But one thing that starts happening is you start improving and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out and then there's this thing called an extinction burst. And 
if you're listening to this and you're saying, listen, I went through this and it's hard, um, I feel for you because any kind of like behavior like this, you know, where the, the dog goes through an extinguished extinction burst, it's, it's rough because basically it gets worse before it gets better and it gets real bad for, for a little while. So you have to do whatever you need to do to get through this. And listen, if you're listening to me. If you talk to other professionals, they might have slightly different tips, but this is really, you know, industry-wide. We're all going to be saying the same thing, basically. We're all on the same sheet of music. This extinction burst is this last gasp of it. So if you can make it through that, then the dog figures out like, well, if I bark as much as I can, as hard as I can, be more frantic and crazy, maybe they'll 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 give they'll give in finally and I'll win. You got to look at it this way. This this is this is the battle that you're going to win so you can win the war and put it to rest forever. This is definitely where you have to draw your line and say, I'm not budging. A lot of this uh, demand barking, the way the way I've seen it, it seems to be like the the dogs that are, um, well, they're very pushy, and uh, they maybe have owners that um, allow their dog to do certain things that are borderline disrespect, disrespectful. The dog doesn't really comply to what what they ask for, and um, they're more or less being a bully. In one case, um, a dog I have recently uh, was literally just that was bullying the the, the wife in, in in that household. Um, jumping on her, barking at her, biting her, and frantically barking. So some of the tools that can be made, you know, or, or sorry, used, um, you know, one, I mean, I've used is a pet corrector. So that is a, a, I'm giving a simple plug for this, this company, but really all it is, is a can of air that makes a hissing noise. It's the exact, it's kind of the exact noise that uh, some other famous dog trainers use. And it's that sound, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is that if you do it and you time it perfectly, it's loud, it's startling the dog. And uh, a lot of times they somehow make this association that, well, I barked and then this scary bad thing happens. And I barked again, another scary bad thing happens. So I'm going to start stop barking and see if it goes away. And then, of course, it does. So, because you don't do that. You you don't uh, uh, respond Bark, spray, bark, spray with another spray. You stop. So you're not spraying the dog. You're just, I, I usually spray it behind my back and just startle the dog enough. And the dog kind of looks confused because they don't know really what the origin of, the, of that noise was, but they knew it was associated with they started barking and then that happened and then quiet happened and then they got a reward. So it was a very like, you know, bizarre situation. In some cases, dogs are so scared that they'll, they'll run away and they won't even come near the human. So um, getting back to this last gasp or what tools we can use, you know, um, a lot of people just never give up talking to the dog, yelling back at the dog. Um, They give in and they allow the behavior to happen or whatever they're demanding, like the dog goes outside or or the dog gets a treat or gets food off the table uh, or whatever, you know. you really have to be very, very careful and very conscious about this. And that last little burst is is where it gets really, really hectic, really, really tough. So finally, you know, I, I, I 
I would say there are some some tools, you know, the 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 pet corrector spray or noisemaker, um, while appropriate, not always the best answer, not always the answer for every dog. Um, one other tool, and I mean, this is preferential to certain people. Certain people don't use them. Um, are called bark collars. Um, I tend to lean towards the bark collars that uh, don't have any pain involved. So that would be ones that vibrate. Um, I know there's ones out there that spray uh, citronella or other stuff. Um, sometimes those are effective, but I found most most of the time those those ones that spray something uh, don't really aren't really very effective. Bark collars. Um, sometimes people use them the wrong way, and the dog gets like a shock and, and they're, they're, they experience pain. Um, that's sometimes can be terrible. So, um, what I would do is go kind of in moderation, the bar collar with the vibrate function, literally the vibration is the same as what you find in, in your cell phone. It's not that severe, but it startles the dog. It's, it's, it's a bizarre thing, um, that the dog doesn't really clearly understand, but they usually draw the, the comparison. Every time I vocalize, and I vocalize too much, this is what happens. So the bark collar actually has one nice uh, feature is that there'll be a series of barks until the dog gets corrected. So therefore, the dog could still be a dog, but they don't go into this frantic, repetitive, obsessive, compulsive rhythm of constantly barking or barking in an escalating fashion. They bark a couple times, it starts to escalate, they start getting anxious, and it buzzes on them, and then they get startled and stop. And then they start figuring out, well, when it stops, the human gives the treat, or they lay down and they feel better. That's the way to do it. So let's just back up. This all, before it gets better, it always gets worse. I think if you Google this, you'll see straight across the board, I'm saying the same thing most other professionals are saying. The initial way to, to get through it is is by straight up ignoring it. Then, you know, like we discussed earlier, you could potentially um, remember not to reward by barking back. Don't yell at the dog. Um, ignore the demand they want. So, you know, if you're, if you're eating at the table, um, redirect them to their place and, and give them something else. And it's not a one-for-one thing. You know, walk into another room, have the dog lay down, go to their crate, go to their place, and get their bone there. But redirecting them into a more uh, appropriate behavior that you you find um, that that has value. Um, Instituting some sort of calm behavior protocol. Uh, You know, I, I resist the urge to want to call it a timeout because, you know, it's not the same connotation. It's not that, you know... The, 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 the dog's having a temper tantrum. Maybe they are, but um, you're teaching the dog when you feel this way to feel better, you need to lay down and calm yourself. And maybe that might mean giving the dog something to do. Um, puzzle toys would be great, you know, but having the dog engaged in something that doesn't have to do with you at that point, that's somewhat rewarding. If they associate, they, they feel this urge to, to vocalize like that, they go do something else, you know, also, just throughout your day, <clears throat> reward the dog when you catch the dog being good. The dog's laying next to you quietly. Give them attention and affection. The dog uh, follows you into a room uh, where they demand bark sometimes. They don't bark. Give them a reward. Play with them. 
do something that associates this with positivity. And the, the reflection of that is if the dog's doing, not doing those things and is barking, doesn't get attention, doesn't get affection, doesn't get praise, and has to do something else that results in calm and quiet that gets rewards. So like I said, catch the dog being good. And remember, it's definitely going to be hard initially. It's going to take a little while. And you have to stick with it. You know, remember to sporadically reward the dog for being quiet. That's uh, probably the biggest biggest thing I can tell you. So, guys, um, that's about all I have for today. <clears throat> Please uh, go to www.buymeacoffee.com and buy Adam Casper a coffee for this podcast. And don't forget to check out Right CBD, R-Y-T-E-C-B-D.com. Check me out on social media, Casper Dog Training, uh, or my webpage, casperdogtraining.com and uh, take care of yourself. Be well, uh, wash your hands and take care. Cheers.